Luke chapter 17. We're going to start there at verse 26. And the, Lord's, the Lord right here is talking about the time when He comes back. When Jesus Christ comes back. The second coming of Jesus Christ. He's talking about this. And He says in verse 26, He says, As it was in the days of Noe, which is an, uh, the Greek way of saying Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noe entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Now, that's a great type of the rapture. Everything's going along, everybody thinks everybody's getting married, everybody's living their life, life's going great, and then all of a sudden, Noah's took out of the way, and then God destroyed them all. Amen. Verse 28, Likewise also it was, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it, just like normal day life. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. So when God took Lot out of the way, as soon as God took Lot out of the way, then he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. It kind of refers to, it makes a reference back to the rapture. But verse 30 through 32 is what we're going to look at this morning. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. He that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Verse 32, I want to focus on that this morning. Remember Lot's wife. So Jesus Christ gives us something to think about. He says, okay, if, if you got these guys, and if, when all this starts taking place, you're going to have stuff in your house. You're going to have stuff. You, you're going to think you need to go back to my house. I need to get this. I need to get that. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to come down. I need to grab all this stuff, gather together in the bag. And he said, don't worry about anything you own. Don't worry about your possessions. Just take off and don't look back. Remember, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. So this morning, we're going to turn to Genesis 19. Turn to Genesis 19, and let's go look at Lot's wife. Jesus, Jesus tells us to remember her, and so to, to remember her, let's read her story. Let's go back to Genesis 19, and let's, let's read the story of Lot's wife and what we need to remember about Lot's wife. Let's remember, let's go back and look at uh, Genesis 19. And let's, let's see what we can remember and what we can find out about Lot's wife. We need to remember something about her. We need to remember something about her. Starting in Genesis 19, look at verse 15. Let's pick up the story at Genesis 19, verse 15. Now angels came, they came to Lot, they told Lot, we're going to destroy this city, we're going to destroy Sodom, you need to get out, you need to get all your family, you need to get them out. So Lot, when he goes and tells his son-in-laws, they, they look at him and they think Lot's crazy. They say, you're just like somebody who's crazy. They're not going to listen to him. So Lot and his wife and his two daughters, they take off. In verse 15, and when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest they be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, He's hanging around. Lot's hanging around. He's taking his time getting out of the city. The men laid hold upon his hand. These men are the angels. Laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. Neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. 
So Lot starts arguing with the angels. Behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life, and I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Lot tells the angels, I can't run to that mountain, I can't get to that mountain, something's going to happen to me. Verse 20, Behold now, this city is near, flee, near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. He says, instead of making me go up to this mountain, let me run over to that city over there. It's just a little bitty city. You can tell he's a city slicker. Verse 21, And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. So he says, okay, the angel agrees, I'll let you go, go run to that city, but I can't do anything until you get out of here. God couldn't send the flood until he had Noah in the ark. God couldn't send the fire and the brimstone until he had Lot and his family out of the city. See this, what's going on? God's not going to send the tribulation period until he raptures his church out of this place right here. That all goes, that all ties together. Verse 23, though. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. Verse 26, and we're going we're gonna to slow down here. But his wife, that's talking about Lot's wife, but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Amen. And she became a pillar of salt. So it says here in verse 26, but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. So we know the Bible says, and, and Jesus Christ reminds us, remember Lot's wife, remember her. And what do we remember about her? Well, we, the Bible tells us that she, not when, it, when she looked back from behind when they were running, that she became a pillar of salt. Now, is that a true story? I, I believe it's a true story, of course, because it's the Bible. But Josephus, a historian from the, uh, the time of Jesus Christ, he, report, he reported that he's seen, this, he's seen Lot's wife. And there was another a historian that she, he also reported that they had Lot's wife. Evidently, they took her and put her up and made a display of her. Now, is that true or not? I don't know about that, but I believe it happened. And I believe that Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt. I really believe that. And you say, you're... You, you don't have any proof of that, Brother Keegan. You have no way of, of, of proving that. You have, well, you have no way of proving it didn't happen. So there, so there you go. That's just the way I'm going to give it to you there. It's all about belief anyway. Everything I find out about science, the more and more I study science, there's lots and lots of good science. But a lot of scientists, they get into this belief system. It's all about their belief. And when you get right down to it, it's just as much belief in what they believe in it's as much belief as I believe in. So it's all just a belief system. It's all about what you're believing and what you're not believing. But here, here is the main, the main truth of the story is, is that she turned into a pillar of salt. Jesus Christ said back in, in Luke 17, he says, I want you to remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Well, what do we need to remember about her? Verse 26, but his wife looked back. She looked back. She looked back. That look back. That look back that she gave, that just that simple, she's running and she looked back. That look back, that shows a lot about Lot's wife. The first thing it's going to tell you and show you about Lot's wife is that she didn't take for serious God's warning. Look at verse 17. 
And it came to back up verse 17. It came to pass when they had brought them forth, the angels brought them forth abroad. That's Lot and his wife. They, they, he said, this is what the angel said to Lot and his wife. Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. Look not behind thee. Neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain lest thou be consumed. He specifically gave them instructions. Y'all need to run. Don't look behind you. So when... Lot's wife took that glance, just looked behind her. That shows that she doubted God's word. She didn't take God's word literal. She's running, and she's running away from Sodom, and somewhere in her heart she said, somewhere in her heart she said, well, I'm only going to take a glance. A glance won't hurt anything. Just looking back one time, I'm going to take one last look. That's not going to hurt anything. And God had done warned her not to look. And she just took one look back. And she turned to a pillar of salt. She turned to a pillar of salt. Back in verse 26, but his wife looked back. She looked back from behind him. That look back shows something very important about this whole thing about Lot's wife. You're gonna, when you get to studying this, you get to really looking at Lot's wife, there's a great truth going on here. That look back, it not only showed that she doubted God's word, that when she looked back, she doubted God's word, but it shows where her heart is. And that's what I want to preach on this morning. I want to preach on Sodom. I'm going to preach on Lot's wife's heart. I'm going to preach on leaving your heart back in Sodom. Leaving your heart back in Sodom. Because her heart wasn't from, her heart was not, I'm going to flee and go to this place. Her heart was, I'm missing this place already. I'm already wanting to see what's happening. This, this, is my, this is a place I'm leaving. She left her heart back in Sodom. You know, we have a saying in America that the home is where the heart is. So wherever your heart is, that's where your home is. Is your home in a, in a mansion up in heaven or is your home in a pigsty down here on this earth? Where's your heart at? Where's your home at? Because where your heart at, where your heart's at, that's where your home's at. A lot of us, uh, some of us have been here, have been married and divorced, and we can tell you I've had a house, but it wasn't a home, and my heart wasn't there. And I didn't even have the heart to even go back to that house because it didn't feel like a home. But I've been in places where it wasn't my home. It, I didn't own a, I didn't even own the chair that I was sitting in in this house I was in. But I felt like I was at home because my heart was there, and people that had a good heart for me were there. See, the, your house is where your heart's at. And this shows you that when she was running and she looked back, her heart, her heart was back in Sodom. She left her heart in Sodom. Jeremiah 17, 9. If you don't know this verse, you need to memorize it. You need to underline it. You need to mark it in your Bible. But you need to know this verse. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's what the Bible says about your heart. <laughs> the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So her heart had deceived her and made her forget some things. And I'm going to show you that this morning. Her heart, her heart that caused her to turn back and, and look back at Sodom and say, man, I, I, what? and she looked back and boom, she turned to a pillar of salt. There's something about her heart that deceived her and fooled her and something about her heart had made her forget some things that we're going to look at this morning when it, when it pertains to Sodom and Gomorrah 
First off, the things, the th one thing that her heart made her forget was, her heart made her forget back in verse 17 that God had gave her a warning about this place. Her heart had forgot that. Her heart had made her forget that back in verse 17 where the angel said, look not behind thee. This is a warning from God's angels not to look back. She, her, heart had, her heart had deceived her and her, her heart had deceived her into thinking that Oh, I'm just going to glance back. It's not that big a deal if I just take one look back. If I look back, her heart had deceived her. And her heart had made her, had made her start thinking that God wasn't going to do something to her if she looked back. There's people that I witness to, that I have witnessed to, that when you witness to them about Jesus Christ, in their heart, their heart has deceived them that they're not going to go to hell. I just don't believe that God would do that. I just don't believe that God would send somebody to hell. I just don't believe that God's going to judge me for that. I just don't believe that I'm that bad a sinner. Let me tell you something. If you're in here this morning and you have a heart like that, your heart is deceiving you. And I'm, I, my heart would deceive me. I don't trust my own heart. Well, what do you trust? I trust the Word of God. Because just like we find out with uh, Lot's wife, the Word of God comes true. It's true. It's the prophecy that you see in this Bible where God says, I'm going to do this. And you know what happens? It happens just like God said it would happen. And he does it. If, it, if it's prophecies about Jesus Christ, if it's prophecies about the temple in Jerusalem, if it's prophecies about end time events, if it's prophecies about Israel becoming a nation again in 1948, you just pick it. <laughs> you just pick whatever prophecy you want and God says, it's going to be this way. And guess what? You know what I find out? Looking back through history, it happens exactly like God says it's going to happen. But his wife looked back. Her heart had deceived her. And she only committed this sin once. That's the scary part. Remember Lot's wife. Do we have to remember her, Lord? Yeah, yeah, I want you to remember her. And remember that she only committed this one time. She's walking and running, and she just one time says, and her heart deceived her. It won't hurt just to take one look. And boom, she's a pillar of salt. How many people do we know that just one sin changed their life forever? Just one mistake, just one indiscretion, just one, especially in the teenage years, they just made that one mistake and changed and set their, their life was heading in a certain direction that looked so promising and they just took that one look back. They just took that, their heart to see them, their heart to see them just for that one moment, just for that one time and changed their life forever. Amen. And Christian, don't fall for it. It can happen to you too. Be guarded. Watch your heart. Guard your heart. Ask the Lord God to build a hedge of protection around your heart. Always try to put your heart on God because you never know when you're going to make that one slip up and the pastor's having to visit you in jail and help bail you out. I hope not, but you never know. Can Christians go to jail? Oh, yeah. Can Christians make mistakes? Yes, they make mistakes. Life-changing mistakes. Horrible mistakes, but just it only has to take one, guys. Just one. Look at Genesis 13. You can keep your hand here, but turn, to Gen turn back a couple of pages to Genesis 13. There's something else you need to know about how her, her heart deceived her. Her heart has deceived her and made her forget some things. Her heart has deceived her and made her forget some things. Look at Genesis chapter 13, verse 8. This is how they wound up. This is how her and her husband 
Lot wound up in Sodom and Gomorrah to begin with. Let's look at how that happened. Verse 8. Now, what happened was Lot and Abraham, Abram, they had shepherds, they had herdsmen, and they were arguing and fighting over water, over who's, uh, this is mine, that's mine. So Abraham comes to Lot, verse 8, and Abraham said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then will I go, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. So Abram does the right thing. He says, okay, Lot, we can't get along. We have, God's blessed us too much. So I tell you what, you just pick your land. You go where you want to go. And we're sitting up on this mountaintop, and I want you to pick where you want to go. And wherever you go, I promise you, if you take the right-hand land, I'll take the left. If you take the left, I'll take the right. Abram's doing the right thing. Verse 10, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. This was a beautiful piece of land. Sodom and Gomorrah, before God destroyed it, was a very beautiful piece of land. It's amazing. It's a beautiful place. It says, even, like the, like the, even as the garden of the Lord. Man, we're saying, it's, it's, the Bible's describing Sodom and Gomorrah before it fell with fire and brimstone as like like the Garden of Eden, like the Garden of the Lord, like a beautiful, very beautiful place. Lot's wife sees this with Lot. Verse 11, Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. So Lot decides to take Sodom and Gomorrah because it's so beautiful. Verse 12, And Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. But verse 13, verse 13, Number 13, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. What Lot's wife forgot is even though Sodom was beautiful, it was full of wicked sinners. Even though Sodom was beautiful, it was full of wicked sinners. Sometimes our eyes can deceive us and our heart can deceive us when we look out in the world and we see all the beautiful things of the world. And we see the beautiful, a beautiful car, a beautiful house. We see beautiful people. We see all this beautiful thing and our heart can deceive us. And we forget, you know what? Yeah, they're real beautiful, but that's wicked, wicked, wicked. It never amazes me. My wife, me and my wife will be out watching TV and there'll be a, a beautiful movie star come on and she'll be a beautiful woman. And she'll be one of the most wicked, nasty sinners. Just filthy. Like, like, like a, a beautiful woman living inside of a pig's body or something acting. And we forget that. Our heart can deceive us. And her heart was deceived that even though Sodom was beautiful and it was a beautiful place and evidently it was a beautiful city and oh man, it was so beautiful to look at, but it was full of wicked sinners. And when she looked back, her heart had deceived her. And her, she looked back, she wanted to look at that beauty. And she forgot, this place, that place is full of wicked sinners. How, how bad of wicked sinners were they? Look back at Genesis 19. This is something else she forgot. How could she forget this? Her heart had deceived her so much, she couldn't see it right in front of her eyes. She lived it. She just got through living this. If she had forgotten how wicked and sinful Sodom and Gomorrah was, she should have remembered this. Look at 19, chapter 19, verse 4. Now angels come in. Here comes the angels. But before they lay down, the angels that lay down, 
because Lot had talked to angels into coming and staying with him that they didn't have to stay out in the street. Here comes the angels. But they, before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in unto thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. She's forgotten that already. Her heart has deceived her so much that when she looks back and she's left her heart in Sodom, she's forget that these Sodomites were trying to rape these two angels. That we may know them. And Lot went out the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Look at verse 8. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these, these men do nothing, for the, therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. She's forgot. Her heart has deceived her. Her heart has deceived her to where she's forgot that they could have raped her daughters. Not only were they going to uh, rape these men, these angels, these holy angels of God, they were only, not only going to try to rape these angels of God, they were going to try to rape his daughter. His, her husband is going to give her, their, her, daughter, her own daughters to these men. Her heart has deceived her that much. Verse 9, and they, they said, the men that were, came in, these wicked men, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came in to sojourn, talking about Lot, and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. They were going to kill her own husband. Not only were they going to rape these angels, not only were they going to possibly rape her daughters, they were going to kill her husband. And still her heart deceived her enough to where she'd look back. See how dangerously wicked and desperately wicked your heart is? That's scary. Thank God the angels were there in verse 10. But the men put forth their hand, the men talking about the angels, and pulled Lot into the house to them and, and shut to the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they were wearied themselves to find the door. She's forgotten all this. She's forgotten that they were, could rape her daughters, kill her husband. She's forgotten all this. She's also forgotten, her heart's also deceived her enough where she's forgotten that God has already shown her mercy. Amen. Now this is where it gets really, really poignant to me. Is that God's already worked in her life in a mighty way. Now up at this time you could say, well, she's just living it and she's seeing this and she's like, I, I, I don't know what's going on. But look at verse 16. Look at verse 16. And while he lingered, Talking about Lot and his wife. The men laid hold upon his, his hand, on Lot's hand, and upon the hand of his wife, there she is. They literally physically grab her hand, and upon the hand of his two daughters, grab the hand of her daughters and her husband. The Lord, look, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. God's already shown her great mercy. God's already shown her great mercy. God's already worked in her life. God's already led her out and her heart still deceived her to look back. To look back. Knowing all this. And guys, this is where it applies to me and you. Say, so where does all this apply to me and you? The very next point, which is found up in verse 13. Look up at verse 13. Watch out for those 13s. Look at verse 13. Look what the angel said. 
For we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord and the Lord that sent us to destroy it. What, they had, what, she, what her heart had deceived her into forgetting was that the Lord hated Sodom. The Lord hated it. And when he's taken her out and brought her out with everything that she's seen happen in Sodom, with everything she knows about Sodom, her heart deceived her enough to where she forgot that Lord hates that place. And she still looked back at it with her heart. Amen. How does that apply to me, brother? Well, I'll tell you how it applies to you. It's where your heart's at this morning. You realize the Lord hates this world. The, the, the world is not in love with God, and God's not in love with this world. I'm talking about the world system, and I'm not talking about people. I'm not talking about sinners. I'm not talking about people. I'm, not ta I'm talking about this world system that the devil is running. And somehow or another, Christians get this dumb idea that people like them, and that people are for them, and that everybody's a Christian, and everybody does the right thing. And we get in this little bubble, and we get in these echo chambers, they say, to where we hear, our own, we hear this talk back and forth and everything, and then we get out in the world, and we forget the world hates us. The world, if the world could do what they wanted to, they would have raped those men, those angels. They probably would have raped her daughters. They would have killed Lot, and they probably would have raped her. And still her heart deceived her enough to look back. Don't let the world deceive you. They hate you. And the Lord hates them. But they hated him before he hated them. The world hates them. And you're seeing this, guys. Brothers and sisters, if you have any kind of common sense, this is not something that's new to you. I mean, this makes sense to you. You know this. You turn on the TV. You turn, I don't care if it's Fox News. You just pick a channel. You'll see their anti-Christian biases running through it. Now, they might mention God. They might say something about prayer and thoughts or something like that. But to hear them say the name of Jesus Christ is just not going to happen. And if it does, it's just like your jaw drops. They actually mention the name of Jesus Christ. They hate us. They hate Christians. And if you don't believe that, just get on any kind of social media platform and start talking about Jesus Christ. See what happens. And just tell the truth about Jesus Christ. He's the only way. I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Amen. They don't like that. <laughs> and her heart had deceived her enough to make her forget that God hated Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. And he decided to destroy it. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. He, had just, he has judged it, and it's going to be judged and thrown into hell. The Lord has judged this world. It's going to hell. And as Christians, we need not forget that. We need to remember Lot's wife. We need to say, is my heart going back towards escape? Is my heart going towards God? Or is my heart, did I leave my heart back in the world? Am I like Lot's wife where my heart's deceived me and I'm remembering Sodom? Lord hated Sodom. The Lord hates Sodom, no doubt about it. So what should we remember about Lot's wife? I want to close with some of this stuff. I'm going to close with some of this. What should we remember about Lot's wife? Well, we should remember this. First off, we should remember that she had a taste of salvation. She almost got away. She had a taste of salvation, but her heart turned her into a salt lick. 
She had a taste of salvation, but her heart turned her into a salt lick. She was just this close, guys, to being saved, and her heart didn't let her get saved. She was this close to getting saved, and her heart deceived her, and she didn't get saved. She was delivered, but still perished. Did God not deliver her, showed her mercy, took her by the hand, took her by the hand, led her up to the very, to the very line. He was leading her. She, she was just that close. I mean, she was just it was right there. And she had with her heart to look back. Remember Lot's wife. What does that show us? God can deliver us out of the frying pan and our heart can put us into the fire. God can deliver us out of the frying pan, but our own heart can put us right into the fire. Fire's ahead. God can deliver us into gospel preaching. God can deliver us into running across a gospel track. God can put somebody in our path that tells us about Jesus Christ, that warns us about hell, that warns us about judgment. God can deliver us the gospel message, the good news. God can deliver us to a church and get us to come into a church or put, put a radio program on our radio that tells us about Jesus Christ or even a TV program. God can do us. God can deliver us through all of that and get us the truth and, our, and get us out of that frying pan where we're about to sizzle and our own heart will turn back and send us into the fire. God can deliver us out of the frying pan, but our own heart can put us in the fire. You can take a step towards salvation, but you, can, you, can't, you, can, you can't leave your heart behind. You can take a step towards salvation, but you can't leave your heart behind. Where I'm going with this is you've got to have the right heart. It's all about your heart. Where's your heart? You can fool those around you, and some people have. You can fool those around you. You might attend church. You might sound religious. It might, all the right words might come out of your mouth, but God knows where your heart's at. She's running with her husband. She's running with her daughters. Everything seems fine. We're going to escape. The angels are with us. They've already grabbed us by the hand and led us out. Everything's going to be okay. But God knew her heart and said, Don't you dare look back. And God knew her heart, and her heart revealed itself when she took that one look back. She had left her heart back in Sodom. Her love, everything she loved, everything she desired, everything, her heart was all back in song. And God knew her heart. Amen. We're not up here at this church playing games. At least I don't want to be playing games. I want my heart to be right with God. Amen. And when I received Jesus Christ, when I was 17, I received Jesus Christ as my Lord, as, as my Lord and Savior. I received Jesus Christ with all my heart. When I received Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, and I, and I, I got saved, I went home. I'll, I'll never forget this. If I went home, and I had all this heavy metal. I was really, really into heavy metal music. I was really into all kinds of witchcraft. I was into all kinds of weird stuff. And all this stuff plastered all over the walls of my bedroom. And I remember going down, and I remember ripping down all those posters on that wall. All those posters on that wall. My heart wasn't on that stuff anymore. 
I took all that music. I had all these uh, uh, tapes and, and, and record albums and stuff, and I gave them all away. I just gave them all away. My heart wasn't on that stuff anymore. Well, where was your heart? My heart was on God. It was on Jesus Christ. It was on my Savior. It was on the Blessed One. My heart was on heaven. My heart wasn't on wickedness and on hell anymore. My heart was going towards heaven. And when I was tearing that stuff off the walls, what that was saying to God is, I'm not looking back. When I took all these CDs, I mean these uh, cassette tapes and those record albums, and I was giving them away and throwing them away, that was telling God, I'm not looking back. I repent. I've turned the other direction. I've turned and I've come to you, God. I'm not going to look back at the world. The world has already shown me that it's sorry and no good. Your body might fool those around you, but you, you might attend church, sound religious, but God knows where your heart's at. How important is the heart? Well, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says that thou shalt confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart, thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. See how it's with the heart? For with the heart, with the heart, with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You're going to believe in your heart. You're not going to believe by showing up at church. You're not going to believe by doing some kind of work. You're going to believe with your heart. It's not a head knowledge. It's a heart knowledge. And the mouth, confession is made into salvation. Why is it the mouth? Because your mouth shows where your heart's at. I love you. I need to be saved. It comes out. It comes out of your mouth. When she took that look, that showed God that her heart was back in Sodom and he turned her to a pillar of salt. Don't look back. She is a warning to all Christians. What should, what should we remember about Lot's wife? Well, we should remember this. She's a warning to all Christians who have left their heart in the world. That's a warning to each one of us that have left our heart in the world. We need to keep our eyes and our heart on Jesus and not the world. Listen, guys, I look at some of the stuff going on in the world, and, and I look at Jesus Christ, and I'm like, man, there's no, there's no comparison. It's so, it's so wonderful just to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, just to go outside in my backyard and get on my little, get down on my chair, out underneath my pecan tree, and have the cats over there meowing at me, and God's creation, and the birds chirping God's creation, and me praising Jesus Christ, and talking to the Lord, there's no other relationship like that. And I've been in relationships in the world. I've had the world mistreat me. I've had the world misuse me. I've had the world uh, make fun of me. I've had the world mock me. And I'm thinking, what has the world got for me? Why would I ever want to put my heart on the world? And the, like Paul says in Romans chapter 6, there's so many things we did in the world that we're now ashamed of. Why would we even give it the time of day? But we do. But sadly, we do. You know, we're under God's grace. Amen. We're under God's grace. She was warned one time. Just once. Don't look back. But how many times in our life can we look back? How many times have we been warned? Over and over and over again. And we still look back. A thousand times? She only looked back. That's it. She didn't turn back. 
She didn't run back. She just looked back. Have we not turned back? Have, not, have we not, in so many ways, turned back to the world? And literally started walking back to the world. Can I say that there's some Christians that are even living in the world. Living inside them. Knowing that God is going to destroy it. And that it's full of wicked sinners. Exceedingly. Turn their back on God's church. Turn their back on God's people. And have turned back. Oh, don't talk to me about God's grace. It's running rampant. How much of God? How many people have you seen pillars of salt? Not a one, amen. God's grace is wonderful. God's grace is wonderful. What's amazing to me is she only looked back once. She only looked back once. And we not only have looked back, but we've turned back multiple times. Some of us this morning might get right with God. Some of us might think about it in our heart that we need to put our heart back on Jesus Christ. And that would be a wonderful thing, and I praise God for that. But, man, how, how often do we do that? And then before we know it, our heart starts slipping back into the world. Our heart starts putting its... We start putting our heart back on the worldly things and back on the things of this world, and we, we get deceived by this old wicked heart. She only had one opportunity, and God turned her to a pillar of salt. She, as Lot's wife, had no examples of the warning. See, she was given the warning. And she didn't believe God's word, but she had no examples. She had no Lot's wife to remember. She was Lot's wife. And we, as I sit here this morning in closing, show you this scripture. It shows us that we have an example of what God will do to men and women who put their heart back on Sodom. Jesus Christ says, when I come back, don't you run and try to get your possessions. Don't you run off and do anything else. Remember Lot's wife. Don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. You know what I think some of the problem is with Christians? They didn't live a wicked enough life when they're growing up. And I, I know that sounds kind of strange to say, but uh, you live a life like I live, man, man, I don't have nothing to look back to. <laughs> When you're at the bottom of the barrel, there isn't nothing to look back to. And when Jesus Christ pulls you out of a pigsty, out of a slop house, when he pulls you out of such wicked living and a sinful life and a sinful lifestyle, when Jesus Christ pulls you out of that, I'm like, why would I want to look back? That's, it's horrible. That was a horrible way to live. This is so much more wonderful, living in the light of Jesus Christ. But even knowing all that and telling you all of that, I still have to guard my heart because my heart sometimes will want to look back and say, well, look, look what they're doing. And wouldn't that be fun? And doesn't that look exciting? And, that, and God, the Holy Spirit, has to remind me, you see all that? That's all going to go to a devil's hell and burn. You see all that right there? I hate that. What did that do for you? Did they, did they want to rape you? Do they want to kill you? Do they hate you? Yes, sir, they do. Then why are you turning back? Come towards me. I got a better place for you called heaven.
Let's not leave our heart in Sodom. Let's put our heart towards Jesus Christ, to our heavenly home. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now that's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it and if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you, and until next time. Casting all your care upon him.